0: The
1: 910 Comedy Podcast Network. And welcome to episode 68 of Hometown Crowd. Um, I know it sounds a little bit different. Typically, Tim does this thing at the beginning where you can find us at here, here, and here. Uh, but Tim and his beautiful wife, Karen, brought a baby into the world. Yay. They did! We have a new
0: listener!
1: That's right. So Tim's taken a step back, and yours truly, your favorite bearded host of Hometown Crowd, uh, will be... Uh, Essentially, running the train that is the least-informed enforced, uh, least informed sports podcast out there. Uh, so, everybody, it is St. Patrick's Day. That's when we're recording. Yeah. I am sitting here in my Patriot St. Patrick's Day hat, my 2009 uh, Rugby World Cup Ireland jersey, and I'm having some adult beverages while we uh, record. So now I'm going to ask James, how are you, my friend? And welcome.
2: Yeah, so... I don't know why Tim thought it was a good idea to let me take over for him for a while, but, you know, he'll regret that later. It's too late now. I'm uh, okay.
0: This is going okay. to be an exercise in herding cats, so. Oh, yeah.
2: I'm good at that. I'm really good at that. Yeah. Okay. Go uh, ahead. I'm
0: sorry I interrupted you. No, you're fine.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I'm okay. Oh, yeah, I didn't tell you before we started recording. Uh, HRC officially approved my retirement uh, packet today. So as of today, as of 1 December 2021. The my order? birthday. Yeah. Heather's birthday, I will officially be out of the US Army. So I'm actually doing pretty
1: effing great. That's that is an even more important reason to celebrate tonight. I
0: think Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I, and see, and because we're doing this so different, I'm kinda glad though, because I didn't really have my intro. And so here we are.
1: Yeah, you know what? You need a break sometimes, Heather. You, you know, can't... you
0: yeah, sometimes you need to spice things up. Yeah, but, you difference,
1: know. Difference not wrong.
0: No, that's right. The- Different is never wrong,
1: in my opinion. No, no. Uh, different, different makes us great. Uh, and Heather, how are you, my friend?
0: Um, I'm doing pretty good. It's been kind of a weird week at work, um, but uh, things have s- progressively gotten better. Um, got to talk to the babies today, so all is right with the world.
1: That is exactly it. Uh, and it's I'm my not-
0: second favorite holiday.
1: Oh, this year. is. This is my favorite day. That's why I decided to wear my green. I had a great interview earlier and I was so excited about it. I just edited it and put it out as the second episode of my history podcast for the week. So that was really cool. Very good. Nice. Yes. Yeah. I was- yeah.
0: I, I even had somebody, uh, they asked me, they were like, oh, well, you're really festive today. Cause like, I, when I say I go out, like, I have on my green sweater, I have on green eye makeup, and you can't see it uh, because I have headphones on for the two of them that are looking, but I even have Irish flag stud earrings in my ears. And I'm not just, you know, one of the white. The white people those like oh I'm Irish. Da, da, da. No, I did a 23andMe and I'm like 60% Irish. So back well, the fuck off. I am actually Irish. Well, so you should, not should, as much you, as you though, Matt. You, you, you should you.
1: You. you should not do 23 and me, people. It turns over your genetic information to the government and they're gonna track you. You and
2: well, I did that years ago. All right. <laughs> it's too late.
0: <laughs> yeah, you did it for your job. So
1: Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Jeez
1: all right. out here we go. When, we're
0: already off the rails
1: we are off the rails and this is going to be a great episode everybody
0: gonna so, so we're great gonna, we sorry, are just gonna, tim.
1: we're just gonna no nah, i'm not sorry tim uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna jump into topic number one and it's the first because this is the one we're probably going to talk most about uh and it's the nfl free agency period and it began and holy shit is mm-hmm. all you could really say about it um it's not technically the free agent period. It's, it's, it's officially the legal tampering period, uh, because tampering, by definition, is where you go to a player who may not be a free agent yet and say, hey, I'm going to sign you at this date. And it became such an issue. The NFL instituted a legal tampering period before the beginning of the league year. Uh, so there you go, people. There's your there's your NFL useless knowledge of the day. Um, but we, we talked about last week, the salary cap is falling uh, by 16 million dollars but they handed out a lot of contracts. Uh is there any contract to you guys that really stuck out before I go into my spiel?
0: Um well I mean we already know the one I'm going to talk about. So I didn't know if you wanted to bring that up this early or if you wanted oh, yeah, to get yeah, def- it, def- a little more um into it.
1: Definitely definitely open up with that one.
0: Uh, oh Mr. uh Taysom Hill yeah, the,
1: the, the Stormin' Mormon himself.
0: The Stormin' Mormon <laughs> himself, uh, who has not been confirmed as the starter. Actually, Sean Payton has not picked who the starter will be between Winston and Taysom Hill. But that didn't stop Taysom Hill from getting a four-year extension, $120 million contract. Jesus.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it, but here here's the kicker with Taysom's contract, all right? Hardly
0: any of that is guaranteed. Um, mm, hold on. Hold on look, let me get to Keep talking. I'm going to get to yeah, that it because I have it's the a, article. So. It's
1: officially four years 140. Every year is voidable, and it's a mechanism to free up cap space this year, which the Saints will save $7.5 million. And as Heather can tell us, uh, this still brings them to about 50 mil over. Uh, but they've they've managed to ch- chip away at it at what you know how they're far they're over. getting
0: it down okay yeah. they're making they are making progress yeah. and yes you are right it is hundred forty million
1: yeah. me, 140 um million. It, it's it's a weird contract and and they they did the voidable years because like you already said Heather he's not guaranteed to be the starter um okay. so if he doesn't pan out they could just void the rest of his contract and they don't pay him anything um, yeah
0: well, and that's kind of what they're doing is that they are creating the flexibility to make him compete for the job, because well, they because yeah. they know that if they say you know like oh you're the starter and I'm not saying that's not how Taysom Hill is because he because he's not but a lot of times when people feel like oh I've got this guaranteed gig it kind of almost seems like that drive is gone because they're at, they're comfortable they're set. And I think and because and we all know Breeze had it, Brady had it, like insert, you know, iconic quarterback here. Like once they knew they had that job, they were very cush at it. And there wasn't like it didn't seem like they did a whole lot for like improving. They were like, OK, I just got to stay the same, you know.
1: Well, so, uh, in their defense, them staying the same was growing for a bajillion million yards and 11 billion touchdowns. Um but yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Uh what I mean, about yeah. you what about you James? Any contract that really stuck out at you?
2: I mean, you guys talked about my boy Dak last week uh and I was offended and hurt that the show does not feel he deserves that money. Um especially after how he performed last year and I know that he's going to come back really fired up because he took it very personal that he couldn't complete the season. I mean, usually you can't do that when your leg goes 90 degrees the wrong way. Um, but I, I think that um, him, it, I'm, I'm most looking forward to him, obviously, because I am a Cowboys fan. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I think some of the contracts that were handed out were, were kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, I, 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 even with the Taysom Hill contract aside, I think the craziest thing we saw was Bill Belichick finally spending money um, he gave out 137 and a half million in guaranteed money in the first two days.
0: Do you think? Do you think that's because of number 12 winning the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, honestly, I do. I, I think I think he had he wants to show that he can win without Brady. Mm-hmm. But the last time anybody spent this type of money, uh, in free agency, they lost in the first round of the playoffs. So this is not a given, especially when you look at. Um, Like I was, I was excited about the Johnny Smith uh, signing the tight end from Tennessee. Mm -hmm. He's younger. He blocks. Well, uh, he's pretty durable. Um, Now Hunter Henry, on the other hand, uh, he's missed like 15 games the last three years Uh, since his rookie year. He hasn't really performed up to like the hype. I don't understand giving him the money he was given. I really like the Matt Juden signing. We really need to be able, you know, the Pats need to be able to put pressure on the quarterback now and, we haven't done that since uh, we traded uh, Chandler Jones to the Cardinals. Um, uh-huh. You know, uh, you know, so I, I was happy with the signings. There there were some depth pieces. Um, you know, there was a, a leaked report that Juju Smith Schuster was going to sign with the Pats. But I guess that was just that it was it was incorrect. But I mean, he spent a lot of money and I'm hoping it pays off. But I think with him doing the big spending, I can see him. Like and this is just me prognosticating. I could see him like bundling picks and trying to move up to take one of those top quarterbacks in the draft. Oh
0: um, yeah, for because sure. You, because you
1: because you're gonna have Cam kind of be the bridge, um, you know, and then draft the young kid and then bring him along the season after, you know. I mean yeah. that that way the kid's got some weapons to work with. That's just me saying that. Um, so I don't I don't really know, but I think uh, another contract that surprised me was Andy Dalton getting 10 million dollars from the Bears. <laughs>
0: Uh well, what Patrick Peterson got 10 million dollars from the Vikings.
1: Yeah. And see we that that happened honestly just a few hours ago. Uh yeah. that signing. Um John Johnson, safety uh from the Rams signed with the with the Browns, which I thought was a outstanding. deal.
0: Uh, well, they, needed, they needed Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark thinks that the deal with AJ Green to the Cardinals is yeah. a good was a good get for them. Well,
1: if- with the wideouts that they have there, Green's mm-hmm. not going to be expected to be, like, the number one guy. He could just kind of play football, and I think that's going to be what's best for him. Yeah. Um, the Bud Dupree signing from the Titans, uh, you know, he was formerly played for the Steelers, five years, 82 and a half mil. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel, who, Ohio State Buckeye, uh, was like a weird kind of hybrid wide receiver running back for the Panthers, three years, <laughs> five mil from the Washington football team. You know, there were a lot of big, big contracts handed out that I really was not expecting with the uh, salary cap dropping. But, I mean, you know what? Uh, I think we've we've established that on this pod we stand for players. And go out and get paid, guys. Go out and get paid.
0: (laughs) Did you also see that Mr. Kyle Long came out of retirement? Really? Yes, he did. And he is going to the Chiefs. Who signed a one-year, five-million-dollar contract with him?
1: Yeah, he was a good offensive lineman. Uh, he he he, offic- he essentially retired because of injury issues. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it take I mean Gronk showed us showed us you know take a year off, you can kind of recharge,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh you know get that juice back, um you know and 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 be ready to play. I mean the NFL is a rough sport to play, but I mean who do you guys think has you know what teams improve themselves the most with with who they've signed? Mm.
0: To be perfectly honest, I really haven't thought about it too too much because it's been a crazy week. Um, but I mean, I I think I think the Cardinals getting rid of Peterson and then getting AJ Green, um, and I think they just signed Prater too to two yeah, years. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that that's going to help their offense a lot. Um, but, and we both know that Peterson, if he can stay healthy, you know, that it's a good thing, but he's also, I, and I hate to say, you know, at 30, he's getting on up there, but we all know, you know, cornerbacks, yeah, they don't last long. Um, I mean, so Peter,
1: I think, I honestly think Peterson would be better served shifting to safety. Uh, uh, you know, look at Charles Woodson. He did that at about 30 and extended his career by like seven years, man. Like he played. Yeah. He sporting, well, so.
0: I think if I remember correctly and I could be wrong because it's been a while, I think he was a safety at LSU. I think Peterson played safety at LSU. I, I Cause
1: honestly, that
0: number seven because that number seven, it kind of it goes between. But a lot of times it's it's been safeties and corners. So it just kind of depends. But I feel like, though, he could kind of slot for either of them.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: because he's got the feet for both of them.
1: Yeah. Having that kind of versatility is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so. you, you got you got any team in mind, James?
2: Uh, So I think it might be a little too early to tell. Um, I do like I I, I like what the Patriots are doing. Um, Starting to spend some money. I think you're correct. I think it's because um, watching number 12. Uh, when the Super Bowl uh, might have like kind of lit a fire under someone, not saying who, um, but I think it's a little early to tell. I'm, I was very surprised to see that this is the first year that players were allowed to represent themselves. Um, I did some Googling today cause I had no idea what we were going to talk about it. So um, <laughs> this was the first year that they, that they didn't have to use an agent. Um, and I think that's very interesting um, that that's where we are. Like, however long this has been going on, now players are allowed to represent themselves. Um, but I think it's a little early to tell. I mean, we'll see as stuff plays out over the next couple uh weeks and months. Um, but again, I'm just glad that Dak is actually going to play again. So.
1: Yeah, my, I think the Browns. Uh, they haven't done a lot of signing, but I think they've they 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 got the the piece they needed in that safety in Johnson. Uh, you know, young, he's rangy. I, I just I really like that. I, I that's going to really make it a lot easier on the Browns to kind of integrate players like Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit and some guys that were hurt last year that didn't get a lot of, uh, you know, they essentially missed their entire rookie season. So, I mean, having that kind of experience back there is going to help. Uh, so Cleveland's got my vote right now. I, I I think we'll see, like, we probably can talk about it more after the draft and, and get the whole picture to see who we got.
0: That's exactly what I was about to say. I feel like there was a lot of good, like, cornerstone placings, for the upcoming season in the anticipation for the draft. Yeah. I thought, I thought the teams did a really good job this year of looking ahead than they have in the past. And I'm not sure if it's just because of COVID or if it's just because of the crop that's coming in. Um, and, and, you know, and you have guys, you know, like Breeze retiring and stuff like that. Like, I think it's kind of forced them to kind of look to the future and kind of plan for that and not just be planning for what you've got right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Heather. Yeah. All right. So let, let's let's move on. Um, LeBron James, uh, the, the legend that he is on the basketball court, just became uh, part owner of the Fenway Sports Group, the company that oversees the Boston Red Sox. The Liverpool Football Club in the English Premier League, Roush Fenway Racing in NASCAR, as well as the regional sports network NESN. Uh, it's been reported that LeBron James has cleared $1 billion in earnings between endorsements and contracts over his career. And while the NBA prohibits current players from having a stake in NBA and WNBA teams, he's been quoted as eventually wanting to own an NBA franchise. Now, with this purchase, does this officially make LeBron the most powerful athlete on the planet?
0: I think so. I am very, like, good of him on yeah. this because this is a smart decision on his part. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's looking to the future. And he knows he's only got X amount of years left. Well,
2: he's also said that he wants to play in the NBA until his son gets there. He said that uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, actually, he said it a couple times, uh, and his son is a I gotta find it. Um, I think he's a sophomore or junior in high school.
1: Yeah, he's in high school, but the NBA yeah. starting next season is removing the one and done rule. So yeah, Ronnie can be drafted by an NBA team.
0: Yeah, so basically he could pull a Kobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could pull a Kobe. So yeah, yeah I think I think that's a it's a great decision on his part because it's showing that. He's again planning for the future. And not only that, it's it's a black man being in that le you know, in that position, where whereas, you know, that's not something that's seen a whole lot. And so I, I definitely think it's kind of a trailblazing move to show like, hey, you know what, people of color, you know, we can reach to these levels, you know. And so, like, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm I'm excited for him. Um, I think it's I think it's great for him.
1: Yes, if memory serves, there's only been two. Uh, uh Robert Johnson, Bob Johnson brought the M- NBA basketball back to Charlotte with the Bobcats. Uh, mm-hmm. He was he was the founder of BET. Um, the former CEO of Nintendo owned the Seattle Mariners for quite a while. Um, I don't know about minority ownership. Right now, this gives LeBron his investment, gives him six percent of uh, Fenway Sports Group. Um, but he was a prior, essentially, he initially invested like six million into Liverpool like three years ago, and now mm-hmm. the team is worth over a billion. So he turned six million into almost 40 just with his investment. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, for me, I don't think you get more powerful than LeBron. Uh, LeBron's mm-hmm. the guy that could like. Tell Adam, uh, you know, Adam Silver, hey, I'm going to be at the office in the morning. We got to sit down and talk. And Adam Silver is going to be there in the office, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to sit down and talk to LeBron. And uh, I, I think the funniest thing for me is he's, you know, he he you always see him on Twitter talking about the Buckeyes. You know, you always see him on Twitter talking about the Browns. But he showed up to an Indians Yankees playoff game, or excuse me, Cleveland Baseball Club uh, Yankees playoff game in a Yankees hat. And now he's part owner of the Red Sox. Um, So I find that a bit serendipitous, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, man, I I just, I don't think you get more powerful than LeBron now. Uh, And I think the next question is how do you think these, this, this good old boys club of rich white dudes that own these teams, you know, I I think LeBron is just kind of, you know, he's the first through the door on this. I think there's going to be other players that follow him. Mm -hmm. How do you think, how do you think those ownership groups are going to handle seeing larger than life, uh, personalities like LeBron or maybe Kyrie or maybe Kevin Durant or fuck Russell Westbrook for all, we, uh, you know, uh, you know, any of these guys, Russell Wilson, even how, how are they going to handle, uh, you know, personalities like that coming into the formerly, you know, really cut off and shielded group that is team ownership.
0: Is James talking? I can't no. tell. Oh, okay. James. I thought he was saying something. I'm sorry. Well, James, James, James
1: muted himself.
0: Oh, he muted himself. Okay. Oh, yelling, like
1: there the we dogs. go. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sorry, the dogs are say,
2: barking. I hit mute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to
0: say, I could have sworn I heard him talking. That's yeah. why I didn't say uh, anything.
2: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, listeners. Our dogs um, are voicing their opinions about this right now. Um, I,
1: I, they sounded to me to be excited, James. So they are very excited. But so
2: what I was starting to say before I unmuted myself, um, I think if they were smart, they would recognize the potential that someone who's as driven as him brings to the table. Like this is a person that is not only a super athlete but an incredible business person and also a philanthropist as well who has his own um, like charity, and he's going to use – the money he's making to continue to build that, if they were smart, they would capitalize on it um, and and look to people like that that are driven um, and successful, not just on the basketball court, but in business as well to, like, propel themselves. But we we will see.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so, too. Uh, Heather, what were you going to say?
0: Oh, no, I just I think that I think initially it's going to they are going to treat it like a slap in the face because just of how it's been. Um but one thing I will say about LeBron um and I've seen like it seen it on some of his uh barbershop sessions that he does. Um he is very good at opening up a conversation and tackling sensitive issues in a way that's not confrontational, you know, and just having a conversation. And I think that he's incredibly talented at that so i think initially it's it's going to rub the good old boys um the wrong way but he has this demeanor about him that opens people up and gets people to talk to him and you know and then i and i just think that it's it's gonna be a rough go probably the first couple of weeks (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But he's so like driven and he's so like steady. He's so steady in that regard that he knows he'll he'll wear him down. He knows that he'll open their eyes to new things. And I think it's just I think it's going to be beneficial just to all of the teams involved.
1: For yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I was uh I don't know if you guys remember but when, you know, former Georgia Senator Kelly Leffler Uh, When she was gifted her seat, was running for re-election, she was the part owner of the Atlanta Fever, the WNBA team there. And LeBron's like, no, I can't have that. I'm going to look at buying it. Uh, When he was told he couldn't, he put together essentially an investment group that went and bought it from her. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm with LeBron on that. Uh, Just for anybody, for the few NASCAR fans that probably do listen to us, be prepared to see LeBron at a race, man. You know they're going to ask him to go to a NASCAR race.
2: I was not going to bring the NASCAR thing up because I know a certain member of this show is not that sports greatest fan. Um,
1: but left turn, left turn, left turn, left turn, left turn, left <laughs> turn, left
2: turn. worst video games ever.
1: Okay. So the, the next topic, um, you, you both know that this drives me up the wall. Uh, But Auburn reached a deal with new head coach Brian Harson on the 15th of this month. His new deal is going to be six years long, paying him $5.75 million a season. If he is fired without cause, he gets paid 70% of the value left on his deal. Half of that will be paid within 30 days of dismissal, with the rest paid out over four years. Auburn had a similar deal with Gus Malzane, who had $21 million left on his deal when he was fired in December. He's currently the head coach at Central Florida, uh, and he's essentially being paid by two schools while he's only coaching one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you both tell me what you think before I launch into an hour-long diatribe about how much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, how is that any different from, I mean, anything else?
2: So I did some Googling today, as I tend to do. I Jamesed it up today. Um, I have several pages of notes, and Heather didn't have to tell me not to jams it up. I just know better um, at this point. So I went back as far as 2016 looking at articles written by legitimate journalists um, at universities not only paying ridiculous salaries to coaches but also paying coaches that they then fire because they can't tolerate a – Eight and four season or a six and four season, um, and it's freaking ridiculous when you have sports programs that are getting rid of um, other sports to pay these salaries for you know these coaches. And you know Like, all right, if, if you're gonna start cutting stuff, sorry, tennis players and badminton players, track a little bit. But when you start trying to cut wrestling, that's when I get really upset because I'm a wrestler.
0: Imagine that. Yeah,
2: I know. Imagine Um that. And there are schools that are cutting wrestling programs, but their football program isn't getting cut. And I mean, I know I know that we're going to get on the soapbox of, of player compensation, but it is crap that we're continuing year after year after year after year to see this. And the NCAA, the NCAA just you know they're like, oh, yeah. COVID. Oh, yeah. Sorry.
1: Go ahead, Heather. Like I said, you both are speaking before I even open my
0: mouth. (laughs) Yeah, I. First of all, this is Auburn, and so I'm not surprised at all because they are literally trying to do anything they can to one up Big Brother. Mm -hmm. Um, And so. I mean, uh, Harson comes from Boise State, which. Hasn't been awful the last few years they they are not what they were like well, what i
1: mean boise state yeah boise state year in year out is the best of the group of five you know they're not exactly. power five they're the best of the group of five
0: exactly like like they're not they're they're fine they're fine of course anytime they ever play a power five conference they're they you know get walked on like we always like like always but uh, not,
1: not in the fiesta bowl man they beat oklahoma in the fiesta bowl uh,
0: fair enough Fair enough. (laughs) But that is a one-off. History tells us differently. Um, And so, yes. but And so, like, part of this deal that they did is that he gets $100,000 for winning the SEC West bonus and $250,000 for winning the SEC championship, which, as long as Nick Saban is there, is not going to happen. So, I mean... I'm I'm just gonna put that out there. Ask uh, talk to Gus Malzahn. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's just not gonna happen. So he will also earn two hundred thousand dollars for every New Year's Six Bowl appearance, and three hundred thousand dollars for reaching the playoff, four hundred thousand dollars for reaching the national title game, and eight hundred thousand dollars for winning the championship. Again, so, none of which is going to yeah, happen.
1: In, in any given season, he can earn an extra, if my math's right, like what? Like almost 1. Mm-hmm. 1. 1.5 mil, roughly?
0: Exactly. Exactly. So if Auburn fires him without cause, they will still owe him 70% of his remaining salary through the contract term. Yeah. Half of which will be paid within 30 days.
1: Yes, I just said that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And so, anyways, uh, yeah. th- and then the remaining 50% will be paid out over four years. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I guess they had done something similar with Malzahn. Um, and so, yeah, I, mean, I, I just.
1: I mean, this okay. is a, this is a public university. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 before anybody gets it twisted, yes. Uh, there are boosters, which should be completely eliminated from the college game. I don't care who you are. They, they don't bring anything positive to it. They bring trouble. No. Yeah.
0: Okay. no, they always turn it into a toxic situation.
1: Yes, yes. Always, right. always, always, always. So no, people need to understand, yes, um, athletic departments pay the coaches. I'm well aware of how this works. Um, but the athletic department is part of a state and federal government Funded university. Most of that money comes, okay, from state and federal subsidies. Yes, you have students that pay tuition. Yes, you have students that pay like event fees or, or sports fees. Um, but by and large, uh, athletic departments are not self-sustaining. There's only eight, eight in the Power Five that are self-sustaining.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's your, it's your typical, uh, you know list of names, Texas, Alabama, Ohio State, are three of them, right? Mm-hmm. But state money, right now, Brian Harson is the second highest paid state employee in, in, in the state of Alabama, with Nick Saban being the first.
0: Well, of course, Nick Saban has been the first for the yeah. last
1: okay. six years. But the governor of Alabama makes $210,000 a year. <laughs> he runs a state, or whoever the governor is, this person runs a state. It doesn't
0: doesn't matter.
1: These two assholes run football programs, okay? (laughs) And this is what kills me about this. No no state money should be going to line the pockets of public employees, which is what they are. And yes, James, you're absolutely right. We're going to circle this back to player compensation. Uh, Yesterday, a great uh, article in The Guardian uh, was was, uh, released where they spoke to NCAA men's basketball players. And one particular player who remained anonymous because his team is playing in the tournament said, I'm 19 years old and I have to sign my life away to a bunch of old white men. Um, needless to say, a lot of people got butt hurt because he brought up player compensation as well. Uh, these schools are raking in millions and millions of dollars with the hard work of these athletes. Um,
0: they always get butt
1: hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's always a given. But I'm going to tell you right now. The scholarship money, that is not compensation, okay? No,
0: it's, oh, oh, no. No, because they don't see a dime of that.
1: No, and on top of that, all right, I went to a D2 school. Uh, You guys, like Heather, you know Vic. She worked her ass off as a swimmer, and that girl was up every day at 3.30 a.m. and did homework until midnight, rest and repeat through the Mm -hmm. the entire season. So go ahead and break it down to an hourly basis and then tell me how that's compensation, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, let's just let's call it what it is uh this is this is exploitation by public by universities many of them public most of them public uh while they make millions in revenue and 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 allowing these athletes to have their scholarship pulled at any time um to it, it just it, it it infuriates me to see and it, no offense to brian harson you are listening i doubt it but no, uh, you know, he's you
0: not, d- but it's okay. You can put it out into the universe. Yeah. You might hear it one day. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, he, it's going to be funny. I'm going to bump into him at like some kind of like sports journalist thing. He's just going to punch me in the face because it's right. The bottom.
0: yeah. <laughs> Do you remember back, you know, a little while ago, you said this thing on your podcast when you had like 24 listeners?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Guess, I, guess I heard,
0: who was number 24?
1: Yeah. I've I heard it, bitch, and he just like lays me out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, like, this is this is a whole other egg to crack at Auburn. Uh, this is a program that has, like, delusions of grandeur because of a, a once-in-a-lifetime collegiate player in Cam Newton who willed them to a, t- a national title. But, really, they haven't been that good on either side of those Cam Newton years, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, dude, you've had good coaches. Like, Malzahn, okay, he was problematic, okay? But you literally just paid him. Eleven million dollars to go away, and then you still have ten more, ten more million dollars to pay him over the next four years, while he's got a job at another school. Like one, I'd like to be Gus Malzahn right now. I, I'd rock a sweater vest for whatever he's making at Central Florida and a, an eleven million dollar check. But like, like James said, you're going eight and four. Not a bad season in the SEC West. That's not bad at all. Oh, right, it's not. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and it's like Auburn. You were never that good to begin with. You caught lightning in a bottle for one season hmm. You are yeah. not a, you're not a traditional power, uh, you know, and you honestly, Auburn should be thankful. They're just not like Tennessee where they've come, fallen completely off the map. And, you know, they're the old lady from the I've fallen and I can't get up commercials, you know, like <laughs> Auburn, at least you're still in the conversation. You know, just be happy with that.
0: Yeah. Well, and well, let's talk a little since this is kind of where we are um, about this recent. Um hashtag that has come up on Twitter, uh, Mac. I'm not sure if you've seen it, where it's called it's hashtag not NCAA property.
1: Yes, I, that I have. they have
0: done, mm. and it is fantastic. Yes. And I think uh, Geo Baker from Rutgers is has has the best one. Um, and and I think it really like accurately sums up like. Why we get so angry about about this, you know, Um, and he said the NCAA owns my name, image and likeness. Someone on music scholarship can profit from an album. Someone on academic scholarship can have a tutor service for people who say an athletic scholarship is enough. Anything less than equal rights is never enough. I am yes. hashtag not NCAA property and he's absolutely right.
1: Yes. Uh, new podcast rule. Well, yet another podcast rule. Joe Baker is a part of the hometown crown family for that. Uh, that's based as fuck. And I appreciate him.
0: Right. Him yeah. But he's not the only one saying it. Isaiah livers from Michigan is saying it. Jordan Bohannon from Iowa are again, same thing. Um, and I know that the NCAA was scheduled to vote On the legislation in January. Um, But that got delayed. After a letter from the Justice Department. Warned that proposed changes. Could violate antitrust laws. Now the DOJ. Is backing plaintiffs. Against the NCAA. In a case that will be heard by the Supreme Court. So it's further complicating. The situation for the NCAA.
1: Well good I'm glad. I'm glad.
0: So finally. Mark Emmett. Immert yeah, is finally Getting his feet held to the fire On this and of course You know he's saying that he's frustrated In the delay of the NIL Reform and you know Hoped that the rules would be in place For the start of the next fall semester But He can say that but I feel like he's not Really ready for that
1: No I I think we could all agree that he would Drag this out as long as he could without actually Like putting the legislation Into action for sure yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't think Emmert is a guy, uh the spineless jellyfish that is Mark Emmert, that's how I always refer to him and that's how I always will. Um uh-huh. have, like he's not doing this in good faith, Heather. Like you said, he's got people up his ass about it now, so he's finally like, Oh gosh, if I have to. Uh, yeah, exactly. you know, he's the NCAA is not doing this out of any type of, you know, magnanimity, right? They're not doing it because they give a shit about these players, these athletes. You know, they're doing it because they don't want to catch hell from DOJ. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Yep. Um, you know, it's and honestly, it's it's fucking gross. It, it it makes me very frustrated. It makes me very angry. And listeners, I'm sorry, all 24 of you. I'm sorry that you have to listen to me say this whenever shit like this pops up. But I'm going to continue to say it until it actually changes. Mm hmm. All right. Now, we're going to keep this one short because I know none of us really care.
0: no. Uh, Mm-mm. Actually, I think, I think, Mac, this is going to be all you, bud.
1: Oh, no, I'm not even going to say much about it. But March Madness is beginning. Yay! The only, oh, the, Yay. Yeah, the, the only LA. thing I'm looking forward to <laughs> is Ohio State's in it as a number two seed. Uh, I will watch them. I might watch a few more games. But outside I of the Buckeyes, guys, I don't give a shit.
0: College I, don't, basketball I don't even, football. I don't even know who's in it, so. Yeah. College
1: College basketball bores me to tears.
0: And it, I don't. And James and I actually had this conversation of uh, I think we had it last week and I just said, like, I have tried to get into it and I've tried to watch it and I just can't.
1: Well, Heather, you and I both lived down here for quite a while in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's part of the culture is college basketball.
0: Um, oh, yeah. Oh, it's um, it's fever pitch.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, it's like you guys can't play college football for shit. And that's what, but Heather and that's I what
0: everybody says. Yeah. Everybody. UNC, Duke, NC State. Oh, wait till it's basketball season. Wait till yeah. it's basketball season. Yeah. That's what you that, always hear every single year.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. NC State needs to take themselves out of that conversation because they they've been asked since like 83. OK. Oh, yeah. So for sure. let's just let's <laughs> just be blunt and honest. Uh I mean, let's face it. This is not the Tim. Let's be diplomatic to our, our fan Show. This well, is the Mac James and Heather show where we're just going to be mean.
0: Do, <laughs> we're just going to be mean to everybody. Do the
2: Chanticleers have a basketball team? They do, but they
1: did not make the tourney this year. Okay, then fuck it.
2: I'm
0: out. So yeah. then we don't care.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. out. Uh, it doesn't, I'm it you,
0: doesn't involve us.
1: No. I'm going to tell you right now, James. When the College World Series starts, that's where we need to start going full Chanticleer again, because uh, they've got they've got an amazing amazing baseball team.
0: see and so does i you, though. that's the problem
1: it's okay heather we could you could split yourself right down the middle teal on one side purple and gold on the other Bottom oh teal
0: own. and purple do go good together so we could probably do that
1: there we go see i'm a problem solver guys that's
0: you are you really are, mm-hmm. you are just, you're, a, I, you're a man am. with a plan and i like right.
1: it <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i am uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the only plan I had was drawing up the script and then just shooting from the hip like I always do. Okay. <laughs>
0: but where we are. Okay, I, well, I, this is where it's going to turn into uh, Mac and James on this yay, one. Yay,
1: I know things. Now, Heather, you know some people on this one, so. I,
0: um, some people, but a lot of it is I know through James. So. Now,
1: we're guys. We're going to kind of do it backwards, okay? We're we're going to do the first half second and the second half first. Uh, but Kevin Gastelum. And is going to step up and take on Robert Whitaker as the main event of UFC Fight Night 17 in April. Uh, Gastelum is stepping in because Paolo Costa, Whitaker's original opponent, had to withdraw because of illness. Now, James, I don't uh, – just let me get through this. But if you know what the actual illness was, let me know uh, because um, that, that's all I've seen it what drawn up as as illness.
2: Was it not being able to sleep so I had a bottle of wine? Oh, sorry. That was the last fight. No, no, sorry. Yeah, There, sorry, there we go. Sorry. Yeah, that, that yeah. happens. That
0: yes. happens. Wait, 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 oh, yeah, that's the one that you were telling me that that dude, when he held up like the bottle that. Oh, OK, I see it. Yeah. I see the. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I see it. OK.
0: The, but... the satellites are linking up mm-hmm. in space right now. So.
1: But uh, this fight was originally supposed to happen in February 2019, but had to be scrapped when Whitaker, who I'm going to ha- go ahead and put it on record, is in my like top five favorite fighters, Um, had to step out. From a collapsed bowel and an internal hernia. Um, James, I'm going to open this one up to you first. Do you think Kelvin has a chance?
2: Um, he always has a chance. Uh, he clipped Izzy a couple times. Um, and it's the oh god, I can't believe these words about to escape my mouth. It's the Mayweather-McGregor conundrum. There's always a chance when you're standing. Not a lot. But there's always a chance. Look at Derek Lewis can end a fight from anywhere. It's the same in that fight. But I I don't I don't think he has a chance.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go ahead and say Gastelum uh, has been known to miss weight. Um, Mm -hmm. If he makes weight on this, I'm not going to lie. I will be surprised because Whitaker is not he's not a big 185 fighter. He's not a big guy. He looks like a dude who walks around maybe 10 pounds over. Uh, so his fight camps aren't that rigorous it, by rigorous. I mean, as far as like uh, sweating the weight off, um, but Whitaker's tough as nails, man. And yes, on his feet, uh, he he's, he's got some pop, maybe not as as much as some other 185 guys, but he can take a beaten. And then once he gets you on the ground, he's got the ability to just wear you down.
2: Yeah. And Whitaker took some time off um, after I think it was after he won the championship. Um, for some personal well, issues.
1: Well, no. Remember, he the biggest piece of that him taking that time off is because he blew out his knee. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, he he fought like two rounds with a blown ACL. The dude's, well, tough, dude's tougher than nails, man. Yeah, he's hard. <laughs> I I
2: I think though that in, during that time he kind of refocused himself and he came back and he is just he's looked really good. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I don't think. Gaslam has has it. I really don't.
1: Calvin uh, Gaslam's never really impressed me as a fighter. He's looked no. more. He looks more the type of guy that tries to win off talent. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm saying he doesn't put the work in the way other fighters do. Um, you know, and I think that shows in him missing weight as often as he did. Um.
2: Well, you know, he. There is no excuse for missing weight. It's one of my biggest pet peeves, especially in the UFC, where they will literally pay for you to have a nutritionist. They will make your meals. They will mail them to you. Like, there is zero excuse to miss weight in the UFC today. Zero.
1: Dude, uh, James, that's in any of the big fight leagues now. Bellator and PFL do the same thing now. Do they? Okay. Yeah, man. Like, it's – this is – like, dude, you've said it before. This is a big business, Mm -hmm. and these, these organizations need their fighters to make weight. So they can get in the ring and they can make the organization money, right? Yeah. Because like, dude, how? I mean, honestly, you're a, you're more well versed in this than I am. How many guys have taken a fight on short notice, and it was a good fight? Honestly.
2: Oh, especially during COVID, there's been yeah. uh, dozens. I, I would say a hundred. Um, that's been the one good thing. If there is a good thing from COVID, is guys had to pull out for whatever reason, and you had these these young killers that were like, I'll fight on a week notice. And there have been just some amazing fights.
1: Yeah, I see. I Man, I just, I, I guess maybe I haven't paid attention enough because I've known that Dana, and this is going to be me speaking positively about Dana. He's had guys that, you know, hey, these two are fighting. You need to get in the gym as well. That way, if one of them drops out, you can step yep. up. I will yep. give him credit for that, right? I And I think that has more to do with the six those kind of fights during COVID. But think back before COVID, dude. You have guys taking... Uh, uh, short notice fights, and we'll get to one here in a second. That they were just ass, you know. They were just yeah. ass, yes. You know, and it's just like, dude, that I don't know, man. I, they, we're still about a month out from from the actual fight card, so we'll see if if Gasol will make weight. Uh, and that for me, that's the big if. That is the big if for for Gasol. Um, and now that I'm done bagging on Kelvin, and please, if you're listening, don't hit me later. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I titled this UFC, baby, because Dana White made the announcement that UFC was back on Twitter, announcing that UFC 261 will be in a packed house. And guess where it's at, everybody? Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, the state that never really closed down is going to allow like 12,000 people to cram themselves into the arena. Um But the event is going to be headlined by one of my favorites, Mauro Usman, who's defending his welterweight title against Jorge Masvidal. Uh, This is Masvidal's second crack at Usman, who beat his ass at UFC 251. Uh, Although Masvidal did take it on short notice. He really, you know, he had nine days. Yeah. Nine days.
2: To Um, fly to the supervillain fight island mm -hmm. and fight.
1: Which is, uh, fight island still grosses me out, but. Uh, we're not getting into that tonight. We're we're staying on task. We're not going completely off the rails. Um, <laughs> but yeah.
0: we, when we won't run on the tracks. We'll run beside them.
1: There we go. It's it's more of a guide, right? We'll it's more skid, of a guideline.
0: We'll skid beside them.
1: Um, but for me, James, uh, I think Com- this is Kamara's fight anyway. I, I really think his ground game is just too strong.
2: I, I think it is going to be a repeat of the fight that I watched in that South Dakota hotel room um, because I was driving across the country, and I may or may not have planned my stops based off that fight uh, and card in general. Um, I respect it. I respect yeah. It. Uh, that was during my transition from North Carolina to Washington, and I absolutely planned it to stop and watch that fight. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be more of the same. I think Masvidal – Um, while again, it goes to that, yeah, he, the dude can bang.
1: Butcher's chance, man.
2: Yeah, but Usman is not going to bang with him. Yeah. He's going to stand on the outside, pick his moments, come in, control the clinch game. I I don't think that right now, unless Masvidal has done something different, um, which maybe he has, it's happened. Um, guys lose and come back a hundred times stronger it happens all the time but i don't i don't see a different outcome yeah
1: for me usman is too good of a counter puncher Mm -hmm. um and i think you're right he he picks his spots on the outside counter punches when he needs shoots often like Mm -hmm. honestly i i think that's how it goes and usman on the ground i i I, give me a welterweight that's better on the ground than usman right now you know (sighs) Uh, I, I just don't know one. I don't know one, honestly. No, there's not. Uh, yeah. Osman I think, honestly, uh, Usman has a better chance of, of becoming a two-title holder than Adesanya does. Um, I, I really think after uh, you know the last card where Adesanya fought Blackowitz, I just don't think Adesanya can put on the kind of weight needed to bang with a light heavyweight. Um and still have the pop and the speed that he that he normally displays, you know.
2: Not not while staying at a squat. Yeah. Wait.
1: No. Yeah. You know. So that that's that's just me. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, obviously this is the least informed sports podcast out there, but you know I, I'd like to think I, I can analyze some things sometimes. Now, what's great is uh, this is going to be a packed card. We got three title fights. Uh-huh. Uh, And what's really cool about this is the next two title fights are all in the women's side of the bracket. Uh, Just
2: take my money.
1: Yes, yes. Especially with these two fights. Uh Uh, We've got women's flyweight champ Valentina Shevchenko, who is one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Who is going to be defending against Jessica Andrade. Um, I really like Shevchenko. I don't know. What about you guys?
2: I think that Andrade is too strong for her. Um if if she can get in the clinch, try to pull her down, it's her fight. If she doesn't close and if she lets Chechenko uh, stay on the outside and pick her apart, there that this is a it's weird that it's kind of like a um throwback striker grappler match. Um, yeah. which you don't see a lot, but I I think that the key would be for her to close, um use the clinch in the cage. To bang Shevchenko up, try to get it down, because um, if she tries to stand and bang with her, she's gonna get head kicked into oblivion.
1: Yeah, I, for me, I it, it's gonna come down to pace with Shevchenko.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No, I don't. There's not a lot of fighters that could push pace the way Shevchenko does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I'd say her pace is frenetic. Might be the only way to to really describe her, um, because she's just like all out the entire time and it's she's able like maybe she's not connecting with a lot of her punches uh but she's able to wear other fighters down just by like gassing them by the, yeah. the second or third round in championship fights. Um I, I'm a Shevchenko stand man. Like I, I I I love how she fights, but I think you're right. If if Andrade gets her on the ground and can maintain that, she's got a shot, you know. Uh but I, I really think with Shevchenko defending uh if she sticks to her game um, and manages to stay out of the clutches of Andrade, then she's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think she's going to be, uh, you know, that's that's a recipe for a win there. Um, and now this is my favorite fight on the entire.
2: Yes, club. yes, it is. All Me right. as well.
1: Yeah, Jang Lee, who uh, is the women's strawweight champ, will be defending against uh, Rose Namajunas, uh, who, one, I love both fighters. I love them both. Uh. But man, Jang is something else, dude. Like she, she really is, man.
2: Do we want to talk about what she did to? Uh, oh God, I always jack her name up. Um, uh, Joanna. Jadesic. Yeah, to yep. her face. Yeah. Um, cause it, it, it. I felt like I should have called the police.
1: Yeah. Dude, she looked uh, like she looked like the speed bag in a boxing gym, dude. By the end days, of the fight,
2: there was a photo of her days later after the fight, where people were like, "Why is she doing blackface?" Like, and I'm not trying to be a smartass. Like, her face looked like she had colored it. That's yeah. how fucked up she was days later.
1: Yeah, um, and she had she had that uh, hematoma in her forehead, which means. Oh it, they, God, yeah.
2: It looked like know, a water was, balloon.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. But do not count out my girl Thug Rose. All right. Yeah. She is as tough, if not tougher than Ioana and can bang. I mean, she is with a world-class kickboxer, Pat Barry. Um, I don't know who to pick in that fight. I really don't. I'm kind of yeah, split on it.
1: Dude, for me, it's whether Rose comes in ready to fight. Uh, this is a woman who's been at the very top and she's also been very vocal about her struggles staying excited about fighting. Yeah, um, and I can understand that fighting's a grind, dude. Like you're yeah. a wrestler, I boxed, cutting weight constantly. You know, constantly being in fight camps, being away from your family. You know, like essentially doing nothing but running, hitting the mats, hitting the bags, and sparring. Like it could be a grind. Um, you know, but like you said, dude, Thug Rose is a tough fighter. Like yeah. tough. But I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Like I was an early Invicta fan. All right? mm-hmm. I I love Invicta. I love these women that are stepping up and like changing the face of MMA. But, but bro, man, Jang Wee Lee, holy shit. There isn't anything she does not do well. Like all around, she just does everything so well. Uh Rose is gonna have to fight like her best, like the way she did against Joanna the first fight. Yes. Yeah. Right? She it has to be that perfect yeah. for her to have a good shot against uh, Zhang Weiwei. Um, No, I, I just, I, I, I really think that I'm I think Rose
2: Rose has knockout power that Zhang doesn't. Um, I think that I I think that's gonna be a fight at the end of it where I'm like, well, that was worth it. Um, yeah. Also, at the same time feeling really uncomfortable uh, <laughs> watching two women beat the crap out of each other, um, as Heather has mentioned. A couple mm-hmm. times before.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yep. Like by all means, ladies, please continue to put on the show. You, you, y'all are outstanding. Um, but that, that, I feel like that fight is going to be a war. Um, and I'm, I'm split on it right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you should, it, I think this is going to be a great card. Uh, mm. I, I, I think this is a card that I uh, might find more legal means of, of watching. Uh, if we're being honest, uh, you know, but I mean, I, I, like I'm going to go ahead and say it I appreciate these women because you know you got to think what was it 8 years ago James where Dana White's like dude I will never have women fight in the UFC or maybe, yeah. maybe it was maybe it was longer you know whatever whatever yeah. the case was right um actually I think it might have been 8 or 9 years ago because that was right as uh UFC bought Strike Force um, yes yeah right um you know but these, these women have have went out and shown that they are people that can drive pay-per-view cards They can get eyeballs on televisions for the ESPN fights. They they could do it all. So, uh, you know, I I appreciate – honestly, I appreciate all these MMA fighters for keeping me entertained uh, from the UFC to 1FC in Asia, where I'm still getting up at 3 a.m. to watch fights on my phone on the Bleacher Report app. So, uh, you know, that's where I stand. But, guys, Tim started something last week where we we just plugged something. So, Heather, it's been a mm. while since we heard you talk.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, is it <laughs> is it my turn now? Can
1: yeah, I, you can, can put I the uh, you can, can put, I, put I, the Candy Crush down. Yeah. I um, uh,
0: no, it was actually Twitter, but it's okay. Okay. It's okay. Right. Same thing. Same thing.
1: Heather, what would you like to plug this week?
0: Oh dear. Um, actually, I'm probably going to plug the same thing James does, so I'm gonna switch it over to him because. Oh. Yeah.
1: All right, James, go ahead. Uh, if you mess this up, Heather's going to be thoroughly
2: push you disappointed. Downstairs. I might not plug the same thing as her.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, then we can always
0: come back.
2: That's yeah. True. No, I probably am. Uh, so this week, uh, yesterday, um, which was uh, March 16th, which, if you're not familiar, is 316 Day, which is Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. Uh, I was on the Bench War- the Benchwarmers podcast, had me on to do a wrestling show. Uh, I had a fantastic time. It was a really competitive game uh also with db um as well
0: uh, from that's just my face
2: yep and uh he plugged like three other shows he's on now as well he's got a new one um yeah but it's a very competitive game check it out a lot of fun um if you're a wrestling fan uh also gonna oh wait i don't have to plug hometown crowd because i'm on hometown crowd right now yeah, sorry um, no i don't uh Want to plug, also, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, the network is going away. It's going to Peacock. Um, and uh, starting this weekend, Fastlane will be on Peacock. Um, it's actually going to be cheaper to get the network through Peacock than it was before. So check it out. Get into wrestling. It's fun uh, because Tim has let me be on the show. I'm going to talk about it more and more and more um, just on the side. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Uh, and oh, also – uh, if you're a listener and you're not grabbing your friends' phones and subscribing to the podcast on um, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, well, then you're wrong. So grab your friends' phones, give a five star review. We'll talk about it on the show.
0: Tell them, if, yeah, tell, tell them that we're we're looking for something. I just need to use your phone for just a second. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to yeah. do.
2: Yeah. Or strangers, grab strangers' phones. So you have a flat tire, got to call AAA. All right. We're not going to judge you here. Okay. Nope. No, um, nope. Not it, one it, bit.
1: This is the Planet Fitness of Sports Podcast. This is the Judgment Free Zone. Okay? Yes,
2: exactly. Yep. Um, and if you disagree with me, you can find me on uh, Twitter at otterking1983, um, and I'll, I'll probably won't check it. But that's all my plugs. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, Heather, go ahead. What are you plugging?
0: Um. So yeah. So yeah. I'll I'll say that. Um. I will actually also plug a podcast that I was on that I actually helped start uh, and had to leave kind of when my life went sideways. Um, It is a podcast about spooky things and true crime. Um, And it is called uh, three spooked girls. And uh, it's, it's a girl. One of the girls is from Alaska is a really good friend of mine. And then the other host is actually her best friend. Um, And they have really like, It has blown up. They have got – they've got merch, and they have been listed in some of the, like, some of the, like, best true crime, spoopy-type podcast lists. So uh, Three Spook Girls, you can find them on there. If you start at the very, very beginning, that's where you can hear me, and then I just kind of drop off because, again, my life went sideways, and I couldn't, you know – devote the amount of time needed for it and so i felt that it was best to just step away and and let them take over and they've really done a great job so uh go check them out and like i said if you do the really early episodes i'm in there so well today
1: i'm plugging uh another podcast as well it's called the end of sport um Derek Silva Dr Johanna Mellis and Dr Nathan Coleman Lamb Uh, are the the people who run this podcast, and it's literally how it sounds. And one of the big things they talk about is the exploitation of college athletes by the NCAA and their schools. Uh, Dr. Mellis was one of my guests on You Don't Know History, and she's amazing and does great work, uh, as does Dr. Coleman Lamb and Dr. Silva. Um, If if you actually give a shit about... uh, collegiate athletes and what they deal with. uh, This is a good podcast to learn the how behind their exploitation, not just listening to me rant and be angry. These three take a very measured look at the how uh, and and the why they're able to do it. So I highly recommend uh, the end of sport. It's a great podcast um, and you should be listening to it. Uh, With that being said, all right, we're going to wrap up the first episode of the Mac Heather James show.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Sands T- Tim. We do miss you, but yes. you're you're busy being a daddy. And that's the most important thing It's exactly. good
1: for you. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to give a little spiel. You know, you can find hometown crowd on Twitter. Um, our, our big footprint is on Facebook still uh, where you can uh-huh. find us at the facebook.com backslash hometown crowd uh, Facebook group. Um, we are part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Group, which includes podcasts like Meryl Tiff's, uh, That's Just My Face, Dead Girls Talking, I Think I'm Missing One,
0: etc., etc.
1: Yes, DB's a very busy man. He so, is. He's
0: a man of a thousand hats.
1: Yes. yes. So definitely go out there, give those other podcasts a listen. And everybody, thank you for bearing with us for this first uh, episode <laughs> of Tim's Time Out as he does daddy stuff. And we will see you next.
0: Be safe. Keep wearing your mask. I know things are opening up, but keep wearing your mask. Get your vaccine if you can. Definitely do that. And uh, yeah. Steal
2: your friends' phones.
0: Steal your friends' phones. Okay, we love you. Bye. Bye.
1: Steal this one.